It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. It's Wednesday, which means, of course, coming up uh, in about an hour, we'll be convening our weekly uh, political roundtable known as Armchair Politics, featuring our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right, and they'll be joined by political operative Bobby Clayton Walton this week for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, and national headlines in politics and current events, plus some quotes, and of course my favorite part, the coveted X-Files. But this first hour, I want to welcome back to the show um, a uh, public speaker, motivational speaker, and author of a uh, memoir called Scarred for Life, um, she was on the show when the book first came out, and she's uh, back again. Joins me by phone, Emily Wallace. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing today? Oh, I'm 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 doing okay. It's great to talk to you again. Oh yeah, it's really great for me to hear back from you. Now, Emily, we're going to talk about bullying coming up in a little bit, but I want to play catch up a little bit first because something has happened since you were on the book on the show to talk about your book Scarred for Life. There are two versions of the book now, <laughs> an uncut version and a clean version. 
How did how did that come about? Well, I decided to um, I decided to I wanted the kids to hear my story. Um, I put together my Queen Virgin because I wanted them to know um, what happened to me, and I wanted kids to know not to be such in a rush to get out there on the streets because it's very dangerous. And so I wanted them to read my story. I didn't want them to read the, um, the uncut version, so I decided to say, hey, I'm going to do a clean version for the kids. So it's it's really geared at younger readers, the, the clean version. And, and just so the people who maybe didn't hear us when you were on a few years ago, um, just just briefly, what is Scarred for Life all about? Well, Scarf Life is about, it's my life story. Um, I'm, um, I was abandoned by my mother at the age of 11 years old. I um, came home from school and no one was there. Um, my mother had um, 11 kids and I was the only one that she left behind. Um, I lived on the streets for six years. Um, I experienced being raped, beaten uh, by a 28-year-old man that... Um, took my sight away from me um, because I'm legally blind today. Um, it just tells you all the struggles that I've been through. Um, you know, and it just really... And, um, and this was in Detroit, Emily. Yes, it was. I, like, yeah, I, I mean, this sounds, this sounds like a New York or an L.A. story. You know, it doesn't sound like something that would happen close to home. And it's one of the things that I remember about you when we talked before, talking about that, that story, it's just such an incredibly raw experience. And right, yeah. right in our own backyard, Emily. Yes. Yeah, and that's the really, you know, hurting thing about it because I, living out there on the streets for six years was, I can tell you, it was a lot. But, you know, I'm a survivor. And, um, no matter what I and I and that's why I end up starting off um, uh, my nonprofit because I really want kids to know that you know if something was to happen to you, just try to get authorities, get help from authorities because authorities will help. Um, I was told so many different stories when I was out there um, at the age of eleven uh, by different people. I didn't know what to believe or who to trust. And that's why I did not go to authority. So I just want kids to know to always, if you um, having an issue or something going on with you, to try to go to authority. Even if you don't want to go to authority, just go to a friend and, and to get help. You got to have help out there because it's you know it's really bad out there, and you can run across some some dangerous people like I did. They, you know, Emily, when you're talking with kids and and you talk about going to the authorities a lot of kids as, as especially and I don't know if I want to say especially but but a lot of kids in the black neighborhood have been taught not to trust the police who do you tell them to go to well like I said you can go to a friend or you can um, just go to a teacher it, it don't have to be the police you, know, you can try to just get some type of help but uh, the average police officer, I mean, we have experienced, you know, some things with some police officers. But you cannot, um, one bad apple is not 
metal means all of them like that. Right, you know? and and the important lesson for kids is that they shouldn't assume they can handle it themselves. Yeah, you can't, and that, and that's what I, and 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 that's what um, happened to me. Um, living proof that I was out there at eleven years old. I was afraid to um, to tell any anybody. I mean, uh, an adult. Um, I you know went with one of my friends that was. 12, 13 years old, thinking I was going to end up at a house where her and her mother can help me. But um, there was a lot, you know, a lot out there. And like I said, I really want kids to understand and be grateful because if you have one parent, be grateful in a household. And if you have two, be double grateful because Mrs. Wallace didn't have either at the age of 11 years old. And that's a lot. Emily, I don't want to stay on this too long because people can always pick up the book and should because it's an incredible story. But when you were out there on the streets at age 11 and, and into your early teens, did you think somehow it was your fault and you were afraid to tell anyone because you thought you might get in some sort of trouble? I did. I did. For so long, I thought it, you know, it was something I did to make my mother leave me. I thought I couldn't, I couldn't put my mind on it, what it was. I, I just was thinking that what did I do? Um, how can I fix this? How can I get my mother to come back and give me? I, I just, I really, really thought it was something that I did for so long. When, I, I really did. When you talk to kids, um, how do you, how do you tell them to, to, think differently if they find themselves in that kind of a horrible circumstance to not blame themselves and and to encourage them to find help how do you how do you get them to think differently than than what we might all naturally think well i i would say myself um first of all it's no reason in this world for if a child end up in my situation now because I'm I'm grown now, end up in my situation, it could never be your fault. It's no reason for my mother to left me at the age of eleven. And and like I said, for so long that that's what I thought and why I was out there trying to figure out, praying to God, saying, God, what did I do? Can you know Asking God to help me, so it's no reason if you end a child end up in that type of situation. You know what I can do is say, go to authorities or go to a friend or a teacher. You have to go to somebody because you cannot deal with this alone because it's very hard. And I'm just happen to be a survivor to the grace of God because it is very hard. So don't try to hold it in yourself and deal with it yourself because it's not going to do anything but worse. Because I, I, if, if I would have knew what I knew today, believe I would have went to a board. I would have went or to a teacher. I would have went to, you know, instead of going to my friend, I would have went to her mother and say, hey, I need help. I'm out here on the street. My mother left me. I have nowhere to go. You said you you said you prayed during that time, um, as as young as you were, and and at that age we're all still sort of forming our knowledge of 
life and spirituality and, and all the things about being on this planet. Did you think that God had abandoned you too? At one point, I um, was thinking that, God, what did I do? I I, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what have I done to deserve this. And I, I never, I always said to myself that, God, please help me. That was my main target. God, just please help me. God, I need um I need some help. I can't do it. I thought of suicide at the age of 11. Many times when I'm, you know, uh, crossing the street, a main street, like um, within the boulevard, I thought about just running in front of a car and let the person hit me because I couldn't. It was hard for me to get food. It was hard for me to even change clothes. I wore, I wore the same clothes for two and three weeks at a time. I just, you know, I used to go inside... Um, Burger King and, you know, try to, you know, wash myself up inside, you know, the bathroom sometimes, but it was hard and I just didn't understand at the age of 11, I'm saying to myself, God, what have I done wrong? Why did my mother leave me? Is she coming back? I said, um, Mr. Tom, I sat at um, my mother's home before I really realized that they wasn't coming back, um, I got out of school at like about um, 3 o'clock, 3.15, I made it there. And I sat there till like about 8 or 9 o'clock, hoping, and, you know, just maybe they just forgot. Maybe it was a mistake. You know, a young lady, elder lady came across the street and said, they move, I'm saying, well, no, it's impossible. I didn't want to believe her. I said, no, it's impossible. Did you continue to go to school during the time you were on the streets? No, I I tried to. I went into the school um, maybe a couple of times. I didn't um, go to my regular classroom. I I, I really wanted to um, get into school, and I went in the classroom one time, and I didn't supposed to be in that classroom, but I went in there to try to because I needed something to eat. And I figured that I can... um, I can uh, eat lunch at least because back then they used to even give the kids, um, you can come and get breakfast and then you can um, also get lunch. So I, you know, I went to some classes and I didn't go to my regular classes because I didn't know what to do, but I did go into school. And but I, I, I wanted to tell someone, but I didn't know what to do because I was hearing so many different stories. I just didn't know what to do. Well, Emily, as I've said many times, it's an incredible story, and the book is called Scarred for Life. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about your nonprofit, and we're going to talk a little bit about bullying, but I have to take a break here. Emily, can you stick around for a few minutes, and we'll talk some more? Yes. Excellent. My guest is uh, a motivational speaker and author of uh, Scarred for Life, Emily Wallace. Scarred for Life is uh, is her life story, her memoir, if you will. And we're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOV 92.1 LPFM Flint. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Jonah Bodie. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with uh, my conversation with uh, public speaker and author of Scarred for Life, uh, her memoir, Emily Wallace. Emily, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no problem. Go ahead. Um, during the last segment, Emily, we talked a little bit about your, your book and your experiences uh, being basically abandoned at uh, age 11, living on the streets of Detroit for six years. And then you went on to be a, a public speaker. And I will mention again, we uh, also talked about the fact that there are two versions of your book, an uncut version, the original, and then one that's been scaled back a little bit for younger readers called the clean version they're they're both called scarred for life and um but you mentioned during the last segment that you started a nonprofit organization and i want to talk about that and i also want to talk about an event that uh, that you made me aware of that's coming up about bullying but we'll we'll get to that in a moment first tell me about your nonprofit organization um, my my nonprofit organization is um, Heart to the World Foundation. Um, nonprofit, stop a bully and save a life. Um, I go around um, speaking with kids, um, you know, the youth programs or the boys and girls clubs, or if I get into a school, I even do it with the school also. Um, with my expense, um, I don't have any type of sponsors or anything. I've just been doing this myself for over five years. Um, I give the kids um, a free T-shirt that says Stop a Bully, Save a Life. Um, whatever whatever cover, color they want, they can, you know, just pick it out. And with my logo on it, Hearts of the World Foundation, and then I prepare it where it has, like, you know, pizza, like, um, like three big boxes of pizza as far as that each uh, have, like, 24 slices in it. I, um... Also prepare like water, um, juice, and maybe some chips for the kids. How, how um, did you, Emily? How did you get uh, interested in in bullying and working to stop bullying, as opposed to say working with homeless kids? I was I was bullied um, a lot in school, and I'm up in age now. Uh, you know, and I was bullied, and I still... (laughs) Aren't we all, Emily? (laughs) Yeah. I still remember what happened to me. And a lot of kids, um, a lot of kids don't know. You know, some of them do it as a game, and some of them, you know, figure, you know, if they, you know, they're bullying one another. They think it's just, you know, it's just a game, but it's not because bully is something that stays with a person for a very long time. It stays with a person for a very long time. So I uh, was bullied a lot in school. They used to, um, kids used to, it was two little boys used to, um, every day I came to school, every single day when I came to school, they would, um, before the bell ring, they would snatch, one of them would snatch my glasses off and they would be playing. I had real, very, very thick glasses. And they would take my glasses and they would be playing catch with my glasses. I'm running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to get my glasses from them. And it's so crowded in the hallway already. Um, so without my glasses back then, I, I, I couldn't see that well, but I, I can see, but not that well. So once the bell rang, the, 
the other guy, uh, the other um, boy that threw my glasses would um, don't catch it. So now my glasses are somewhere on the floor. And now I'm down on the floor looking for my glasses. The bell don't run for the other kids to um, for the other kids to go to class. So I'm looking down on the floor. And one time I was just looking, and my glasses was brown, so they kind of matched the floor. And I couldn't see them. I couldn't find them. And a teacher walked up. Uh, her name was Miss Smith, and she walked up and she uh, bent down and had me my glasses and. And she told me to go ahead and go to class. And she didn't ask what happened or anything. She just said, Emily, go ahead and go to class. And I went to class. And I was so sad. And, you know, what what just happened to me, it just really made me really, really like, wow. You know, I'm a kid. Why is he, why does they keep bullying me? They used to take my, um, my either the, a cookie. We used to get a cookie on um uh, when you get your lunch, and before I even get to open my lunch, they would snatch my cookie off my plate every time. Every time, I never got to eat eat my cookie at all. So that, and I and I, and I just really want, and they, you know, they got to the point at lunchtime want to talk about me, um, you know, put something inside a straw, like make a spitball with some paper and spit it and spit it on me, and it just was a mess. And that's why I want kids to know, and that's how I came about it. What you do as a kid, um, it really does damage people for a very long time. Well, you're describing the kind of bullying I remember when I was a kid. Usually uh, there was a kid on the playground that picked on uh, smaller kids or maybe a couple of kids in the neighborhood that picked on people. The the keep-away game you described with your glasses, I, I've certainly experienced that, and I'm sure a lot of other people have as well. But bullying has has really taken on a, a whole new definition in, in recent times, especially with technology and stuff. Um, how, how do we define bullying now? Well, I, I would just um, say that uh, bullying because it's it's either we can bully someone over the internet, and and a lot of kids do that also. They uh, bully one another over the internet, and they and that still hurts. Bullying is bullying, no matter how you put it, it hurts, and it hurts like heck. So we have to, uh, and that's how I came by it, Tom, because we have to try to get together. I can't do it alone. I I need help the victim can't do it alone so i just really want and that's why i do these events for kids to really know about bullying i i with my event i even have the kids you know, time get up and say you know why is it so important not to bully one another they sometimes they're not aware that they could you know win a prize or something like that for getting up but and a lot of some of them gets up and some of them don't and then they have that um you know, opportunity they can win, you know, a prize, and I give them the prize for getting up to speak about bullying because I just really want the kids to know that bullying really hurt one another. So we have to do it together because, you know, it's some adults that's still out here being bullied. You know, it, it, it starts at from elementary to junior high to high school, and even adults, you know, get bullied. So that's why I really want the bullying issue to stop. And I really want the kids to know that bullying is not good at all. 
You know, there's an old saying, it takes two to tango, and there are two sides of the bullying equation. There are the people that are being bullied, but then there are also the people that are doing the bullying. Um, a lot of attention is focused on the people that are being bullied and, and teaching them how to stand up or at least cope with the kind of treatment they've been getting. But can you teach bullies not to bully? I, I think you can because um, you can take, you know, because it's still a child that's doing it. it. It's still a child, no matter, you know, whether they're the bully or the victim. And, and, and that's what I, you know, say to the kids at my event, you know, even if the bully want to change his or her negative into positive, that's fine too because that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to stop the bully and save a life. Because there's so many kids that um, commit suicide because of bullying, you know. And um, and I tell the kids, you don't want to, you know, be bullying someone uh, for six months or a year, you know, while they're in school. And then they decide to take their own life. And then you're sitting up looking like, I just was playing, I, I, and you don't know what to do, but that's something that will stay with a child for a very long time, too, because if you're bullying someone and then they turn around and, you know, do some harm to themselves and commit suicide, you're going to be feeling sad about it because, you know, you did this, you know. So, Emily, you told me about an event that's coming up. Can you tell me more about that event, when it is, and who's sponsoring it, and, and what the event is like, what what the what you're hoping the outcome of the event will be? Well, the event is July 21st, uh, 2021. Um, it's going to be at the Boys and Girls Club in Troy. That's a week from um, today. Yes, and... Um, the event will have T-shirts and um, free food and water and juice and chips for the kids. And it will be prizes just giving out to the kids, whoever can get up and speak about bullying. My outcome is, if I can save one child from being bullied, that's my outcome, Tom. Because I really, I, I, I want to save them all. I really do. And I, um, you know, just want kids to know how important bullying is and how much does it hurt so if i my outcome if i could save one child that'd be great and i if i can get a bully to come up and say okay i'm not going i'm not going to do it anymore i'm sorry for who all i bullied that would be wonderful so my and i want the kids to and to really listen to what you know when i get up and speak and um about bullying. I want to have their full attention. I want them to know that this is not uh, something, you know, it's not a game. It's something serious. And I want them to know that. Um, but again, I don't, I don't tell the kids that, you know, they can win something or a prize or something to get up and speak because I want them to do it from the heart. I don't right. want them to do it because, hey, I can win a prize or, hey, I can do this if I get up. No. I, I don't want that. And at one point, I was doing it that way. I would put out a flyer, but it was, you know, one child uh, probably uh, a while ago, probably about um, about six, five, six months ago, and I did an event, and the same person kept winning. With no one else, uh, a couple of kids would get up 
but they wouldn't speak it. And this young man just really constantly kept winning. So I said, well, hey, I've I got to not put the price in there anymore. Where he, you know, not saying that he was doing that, but I just decided to take out what you can win, you know, a prize. So either if I put it in my flyer, I only give it to, like, the director of the Boys and Girls Club or give it to the school or wherever I'm having my event. Because sometimes if I don't have... Um, a boys and girls club or somewhere a youth program to share this message. I ha- I I will rent space for the kids to get this message because I need them to get the message, and I will rent some space uh, where I can have it at, and then I will put the fly up and the kids will come to me, and that's what they you know was doing. It was coming to me where I don't um, have to um, if if the boys and girls club or a youth program is not you know they don't have you know speakers coming in to speak, I would just rent the uh, space and then uh, let the CS come to me. Emily, did you partner with um, the Boys and Girls Club in Troy to put this event on? I I did. I contacted them and I asked, you know, the director, um, and I explained to her what I do um, myself um, with my experience. I, you know, I, tell her, I told her that, you um, Mr. Jeff and Nicole, and they, they're very grateful over there. They really is. Um, I told her it's no expense. I just want to share the message to the kids, and they didn't, they didn't have a problem with it at all. Um, actually, I um, I have the event there on the 21st, and then I have another one in September where uh, Mr. Um, Jester Bernstein is coming to speak with the kids about bullying at my event in September. How many events are you able to do each year? Are you partnering with uh, other organizations as well to do this, and do you get into schools and stuff? I I do. Sometimes I get into schools, uh, or sometimes I get into the Boys and Girls Club and um, or either the youth programs. Right now I'm trying to, because it's summer also, I'm trying to get into, um, like, camps and stuff or the juvenile system, because, you know, because it happens in the ju- juvenile system, too. So I just want, wherever I can go to get the message across, Mrs. Wallace, try to get there and go and get it across to these kids. Now, Emily, you do all this work at your own expense, um, and yet you have a nonprofit organization. Um, do you have a, a, a website or a way that people who want to help you do your work can contribute or participate in some way? I I don't have a website, but I do have a Facebook-like page for Hearts to the World Foundation. Um, I have an um, email address for Hearts to the World Foundation123 at gmail.com. They can contact me uh, because I'm, you know, a lot of things. I want it, if I do a website, I want it to be um, did correctly. I don't just want any type of, you know, website because my daughter said, eh, Mom, I can create you one, but it wouldn't look professional. And that's why I haven't gotten one yet because I can't, right now I can't afford it, to be honest. So I... Um, well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe Maybe there are some people out there that, you know, would be willing to chip in and help you get some money to, to get a program, to get your program to build up some momentum. Yeah, I, I yeah, like you said, I don't have a website, but I do. My email is hard to the World Foundation 123 at gmail.com. 
um, Hearts to the World Foundation. I bank with um, Bank of America. It is an um, uh, um, account under Hearts of the World Foundation, a business account, um, a nonprofit with Bank of America. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, like I said, I can't, I can't, to keep it going, and I've been trying so, so much, even with the pandemic, it really kind of knocked me back because I, I pay for the um, the T-shirts um, in Royal Oak and the T-shirt place, and they're kind of expensive. When I buy um, 200 T-shirts, uh, it costs me almost $500. And I have to buy the T-shirts separate. So that's right there to get them, you know, my logo and Stop of Blue Save a Life put on there. That'd be like about 500 And then I have to um, buy the T-shirts myself. So when I buy the T-shirts myself, they run in like about $200. So in all this, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm disabled, I'm legally blind. I um, I use a lot of my benefits that I get from um, Social Security and um, SSI to um, do these events. This is what I, I, I just have to do. I have to get this message across to these kids. Have, so, have you had kids come back to you after hearing you speak and confirm that that you've made a difference in their lives have you had some success stories does one come to I mind have, i have i had a um a success story um i i spoke at a school and um and this is when i spoke about my child abuse uh I spoke about child abuse and I spoke about bullying. And, you know, so many kids have came up to me and said, thanks, good job. Actually, uh, one of the leadership teachers um, decided to have my book for the kids in school as homework. And um, they wrote a lot of nice things to me um, and put them all in envelopes. And, you know, I still have them today. They just was really impressed with what I was doing, you know, with child abuse and dealing with bullying. And uh, I just had an uh, event before the you know, the pandemic. I had an event where a young lady got up and saying that she uh, was being bullied so much and she wished bullying would stop and she was really, you know, impressed that uh, as she was in um, high school that I was doing this because a lot of, you know, people was being bullied and she's so tired of it, you know, hoping that this message really get out where kids can understand how much it hurts. And I, you know, she got up and spoke at my event and I was really, really proud of her because she said she's been going through a lot, you know, out of her life with, um, you know, bullying and then on top of it. And she was kind of, you know, healed. She had a lot of uh, medical issues and um, she was dealing with that at the same time and going to school, dealing with being bullied, you know, that's a lot right there. And I, you know, and like I said, she got up and spoke and it's a lot of people that have been saying, well, Mrs. Wallace, good job of what you're doing. Um, maybe you should try to get a sponsor, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm legally blind. It's kind of hard. I don't know how to start off writing uh, and getting a sponsor or someone to help me. Well, maybe to, somebody maybe somebody will step up at this uh, event. The event is coming up uh, next Wednesday, the 21st of July, 2021. Uh, Emily Wallace will be talking about bullying at the... Uh, it's uh, between her 
nonprofit organization and the uh, Boys and Girls Club of Troy. And what time is the uh, event, Emily? The event in Troy uh, is at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and, um, yeah, it's at 10. And it would be, like I said, I would be there ahead of time, probably like about 9 o'clock, you know, to set up and everything, the T-shirts. And now, stuff are, and are, there and are there kids that have been, are there kids that have been invited to be, there at this uh, program, or is it open to the public? How does that all work? Well, I I'm not sure if it's open to the public or not. Um, I I never uh, ask that. Every time I come to an event, because I did an event one time in Auburn Hill, and it was like about a uh, I'm sorry, not Auburn Hill. It was in Detroit, and it was like about 130 kids there already. So I don't know. I know at this event I was told it may be like between 75 and 80 kids there. And I'm sure, if, you know, someone uh, wants to go to the Boys and Girls Club and they want to, you know, get the message, um, you know, they will have to speak with the director there. Um, I don't know. They procedure would they, you know, allow inside uh, people from the outside to come in. I, I never ask that question. I've been doing it, so that's a good question because it always be kids there and always be, you know, to get the message. But I'm sure that, you know, they would probably allow, you know, if a person come there and want their kids to get the message, um, I think they would probably be okay with that. But I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know the procedures, but I do know that it will be, you know, kids there for me to um, get the message out to kids. Well, the event is uh, happening at 10 o'clock a week from today. That's July 21st, 21. And uh, it's at the um, Boys and Girls Club of Troy featuring uh, my, my guest this hour, Emily Wallace, who is the author of Scarred for Life. And uh, Emily, I, I just want to say thanks again. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I remember we had a great conversation when you were on before, and uh, I, I, I really appreciate you. Um, thanks for spending time with me this morning, and thanks for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Yeah, and, and thanks a lot for having me here, um, Tom. I really appreciate it, um, you um, having me here um, again. Uh, regards to my nonprofit organization and um, anyone that's you know out there, my events uh, will be um, put up on my Facebook like page. Um, there will be a flyer if you want to know where uh, my next event will be um, because I have one. The next one is scheduled on the 28th in Howland Park um, at the Boys and Girls Club. So. If you want to, you know, keep track of, you know, all the events that I have, you can go to my Facebook, um, uh, the Hearts of the World uh, Foundation uh, like page, and you can, the flyer will be up there where you can see where I will be at um, speaking, um, you know, the location and everything where I would be so you can know where it's at and stuff like that. Well, thanks again, Emily. Uh, be well and uh, keep up the good work. Okay, then, and thanks a lot for having me here. I really appreciate it, and you take care of yourself and stay safe. Will do. 
Again, Emily Wallace is the author of a book called Scarred for Life. I highly recommend it. A fascinating memoir about her life on the streets of Detroit at uh, age 11 through her teen years. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. 
We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Mom always liked you best. My mom always liked my brother best, and she never liked me. Mom and you you and mom... Why do you keep telling me mom always likes you best? Because she... Every time you get back, you say, mom always liked you best. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Well, mom always liked you best. You want to know... And you always picked on me? You and mom... My mom and my brother get together and say, we don't like you. Because mom liked you best, and she never liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She... Oh, Would you like to know why she liked me best? Sure she liked me best, why not? I never knew mom liked you best. You and mom always used to pick on me. That's now I remember. Yeah, now you remember. Mom liked you best and she never liked me. You wanna know why? Why? Because I happen to be an only child. Touchy, touchy. <laughs> Touché. Touché. This just isn't your night, Tommy. Your mom gave you a dog. My mom gave my brother a dog, and I didn't get to have a dog in more Everybody than Everybody had dogs. I didn't have a dog. You got to have a dog in more than anything in the whole world. I wanted to have a dog of my own. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I want to I have a dog like my brother Dickie Smothers. You remember me. I'm Tommy Smothers. <laughs> And I never got to have a dog, and you wouldn't let me play with your dog or anything. I remember when I was 10 years old, I said, if I could only have a dog. My brother had a dog, and I couldn't... I didn't get to play with your dog, and you you would always tell Mom when I play with your dog, Hey, Tommy's playing with my dog. You remember Tommy, the kid you don't like so much? (laughs) And I didn't get to play with a dog, and I didn't have a dog. Hold it a minute. Before we go any further, you... You know, you had your own pet already. Crummy chicken. Well, you wanted it. It's no fun playing with a chicken. They don't bark good. You wanted it. You I said, didn't want that. You wanted to sell the eggs. It was a rooster. <laughs> and every Saturday, my brother, they would, all, the, all of his friends, they get on their, they all get up their dogs and they get their bicycles. And they, I didn't have a bicycle either! You had a bicycle! Now hold it down, now hold it down. You're just getting excited. You had a wagon. That was a good wagon. One wheel? What'd you do with the other wheels? Well, it was hard for the chicken to pull that one wheel wagon. You never liked me and you went on hikes and you... and. You know why you didn't get to go on hikes? You, you never had, would accept you No, know, you even had a dolly. A what? A dolly. My brother had a doll. You shut up. You shut up about my doll. You had that dolly. I remember you and your dolly. 
I said, Mom, don't give me a dolly. <laughs> I, I was always, I always liked my brother. Mom says, always like your brother. And I liked my brother. We used to hang around and do things together. Every, about once every three or four months, he'd say, come on, Tom, let's go smoke some Crayolas. <laughs> I certainly did not say that. You did too! Else. I did not. Stains your teeth. You go it? on hikes! That's right, we went on hikes because dogs and boys go on hikes. You can't take a chicken on a hike. Frank was a good hiker. Listen, all the guys knew Frank was the best hiking chicken in the block. The reason you couldn't go on a hike, you couldn't keep up. You and that crummy wagon. But you want to know the Fast, reason? Fast, just one wheel wagon around! All right, Tommy, you want to know the real reason? is that it wasn't your place to go on a hike with us. It's, we liked you, we liked the chicken, but boys and dogs, they go on hikes together, they're buddies, you know? A little boy even sleeps with his dog. You've never realized the place for a boy in his chicken. Chicken coop. You should have kept that crummy chicken in that chicken coop, Tom, and away from my dog. My uh, chicken killed his dog. <laughs> <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
you pilots get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>